congregation. You can find the text for this morning in the scripture read to you. Psalm 27, the fourth verse. Psalm 27, verse 4. There we read the word of God. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to examine in his temple. So far. Psalm 27 talks about a true seeker. That's what we write under this morning text words, a true seeker. With God's help, we want to focus on three thoughts. First thought, we want to notice his confession. He confesses his faith in verse 1 to 6. In our second thought, we want to notice his praying. For then he cries and also prays to the Lord for mercy, from verse 7 to 13. And in the third thought is expectation. As we read in the 14th verse, wait on the Lord, be strong, and he will strengthen your heart. Yes, wait on the Lord. So a true seeker is confession, is praying, and his expectation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom should I fear? In the third verse, against me, I trust in this. Well, well, David, those are great words you utter. David, Aren't you a little too high up in the tree? Is your confidence really that high? Oh, David, don't forget to confess with your mouth is only possible when you believe with your heart. It has to come from your heart. It shouldn't just be from your lips. But you know, brethren, they are not only words. Now, here is the experience of the heart of God's child, David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Before whom shall I be afraid? Oh, if what arose against me, I trust in this. Church, David knows himself to be a very small, a puny, a sinful human child, from whom nothing good can ever come again in eternity. He feels his total dependence on that living God who dwells in the high and holy place. In all his life, David expects everything from him alone. David probably wrote this psalm in exile. The side note says, when he was in a lot of trouble, when he looks around, it is as the whole world is rising up against him. Yes, 
then there are even people who support, support his death. And top of that comes the need of his heart. And then it can be so dark, so barren, and so dead. How should it go on anyway? And yet, and yet in the midst of all this distress, and in the midst of the darkness of his soul, he said, But the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Before whom shall be I afraid? Oh yes, David knows who look to him. He knows whom he can always turn to in the need of his life. He knows how the Lord can suddenly make light again. Oh, the Lord has helped him out and through so many times in his life. He delivered him from the hands of the Philistines. He saved him from the hands of Saul. Oh, yes, but also in spiritual need, the Lord has often given him solutions. The Lord was always by his side. The Lord was always there when needed. The Lord is my light and my salvation. He is my life's strength. Now, congregation, there aren't just a few words. It really is that deep experience of David's heart. He may confess that everything he needs can only be expected from the Lord. He feels himself a very small child. He is a puny, wretched, sinful, dependent human child. He knows the distress of this heart. He knows what is needed. The Lord is all. And you know, you know, boys and girls, this David has only one desire left in his heart now. One thing have I asked of the Lord, he says in the fourth verse. And I will seek it. Side note 8 says, That's a search without ceasing. He seeks, he was made to seek, and he continues to seek all his life. Seek early, as it said in Proverbs 8. Yes, but David, what are you actually looking for? I have asked one thing of the Lord, and I will seek it. Do you know what I am looking for? That I might live in this temple all the days of my life. That is, to have a permanent abode in his temple, in his house, to be there forever, and to behold the beauties of the Lord increased, Christ Jesus the Lord and to inquire them in his word. That's my life. And that's my one desire. And the Lord is my light and my salvation. O oh, church, what a miracle. Have you seen it? Three verbs that I may dwell there and behold the delights of the Lord and inquire them in his temple. 
very simple, three verbs. David keeps them in his heart. That's what he wants. He wants to be in the temple. He wants to be in God's house. That's where he wants to live. That's where he always wants to be. That is where he wants to have that permanent place of residence and abode. Of course, you know, boys and girls, the place where you live, that's where you feel at home. The place where you live is where you have your permanent residence, where you come every day, where you sleep, where you can eat and so on. Now, David wants God's temple to be the place where he may dwell. That's where he wants to be. Why so? Well, because they, there he may behold the beauties of the Lord. There in the temple stood the altar of burnt offering. There the animals were slaughtered in the ceremonial worship. There the blood flowed. Everything pointed to Christ who was to come. Everything pointed to the payment of sins in that sacrifice of God's Son, Jesus Christ the Lord. Or in other words, brethren, David wants to be in God's house. There were everything points to that one surety and that blessed name given under heaven, whereby we must and can be saved. He looks for redemption. He looks for cleansing in that precious blood. He looks forward to the payment of his sins, of a sky-high debt to be always with the Lord, to see him with an eye of faith, to hear his voice, to behold that all cleansing and redeeming blood of Jesus Christ and feel the power of that precious blood uh, to the depths of his soul. That's what he wants. And you know, brethren, that's also what all God's children want. That faith bestowed, that saving faith, that it might always be in practice. And may they always see something of that dear Savior, and may they always look upon that sacrifice, upon that precious blood of that fairest of all sons of men, in whose lips grace is poured. Congregation, do you know that desire? Is that also your desire? Did you come to God's house this morning with this desire? One thing, that is the point of my life, that I have desired of the Lord, and I will seek it, that it may behold the delights of the Lord in Christ Jesus all my days, because only then it is possible, and only then is it good. Even though 
a war arose against me. I trust in this. And the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Is that your desire? Is it your desire, boys and girls? By nature, it is not the desire of our hearts. No, then we do not even desire to go up to God's house on God's day. However, conscience speaks and education and you name it. And that's good, isn't it? And we should certainly do that because that's the place where we can expect God's blessing. By nature, we don't desire to search God's word to dig into it. And of course, we do read that word. But it's necessary to search, search that word for your own life to the honor of God, to personally dig and dig and search into that word. And then wanting to see him, searching for that one name. We naturally prefer to read something different. You know, a person desires health, a long and happy life on earth, and you name it all. And you know, brethren, if the Lord does not work that desire in our hearts, and if the Lord does not direct our hearts to heaven, then they will remain directed to the earth. To change this, the work of the Spirit is indispensable to show us that it is not, it's not here below and we should not seek the things that are below, but those that are above where Christ is. And that's what we will do, congregation, when that Spirit is poured out in the heart then that man will see that all his life he has pursued his own flesh and his own desires never had God's glory in mind. Then he must say, Lord, what an awful fool I have been. What a wretch man. But then there comes that other desire in the heart. Then there comes the desire to get to know God. Then comes a desire for his house, a desire for that word. Give me Jesus or I die. For without Jesus there is no life but eternal soil destruction. In the Dutch Bible, marginal note 8 says, pray without ceasing and strive for it. Congregation, when that happens in your life, only one way remains. That's the one way up, that sighing, that crying, and that praying, and that pleading to the Lord. Lord, one thing I have desired, would it still be possible for me? Then sins have to be acknowledged and confessed, that the gap between God and my soul is being felt, the brightness of the world will fade away and we will walk in a new godly life. Then God's word becomes everything to me. Do you know what a man is going to do, boys and girls? 
the man desires to make amends with God, with his creator, from whose hand he had come forth perfect, who created him to serve, honor, and fear him. And then he will see that he completely missed his target. Then he still wants to meet his original target. He wants to convert himself, to reform himself. Lord, now I will pay you everything. But it is impossible. Then that confession will come. I have done that which was ever in thy sight. I have sinned against thy law and against all the commandments of God in thought, word, and deed. Then they must see that nothing good can ever come, ever come out of them. Then they come up to God's house in prayer. They loving come to church. They bend their knees first this morning. Then they asked, Lord, would you speak one more word to my soul today, on your day, in your house, where your word may be heard, that I may behold some of those beauties of the Lord in thy house, that I would see no one else but him alone. And do you know, when they find out that they themselves can do nothing at all, and the Lord can just pass them by because of the many terrible sins of their lives. Then their hands go to their mouth because they find out that they know nothing and are nothing in their own eyes before God and to have no rights at all. The Lord may justly cast them out from his sight. They are looking for forgiveness as they could pay for their sins themselves. But no way. Their sins accuse them. The sins cling to him. Those sins are always there. Those sins always come back up from that heart. And then everything that belongs to that person is broken down. And then they cannot deny it. One thing desired of the Lord. Oh, sure, but how do I get there? And how can it be, Lord? And when I look at myself and look in the mirror of your law, it will never be possible anymore. So black, so wretched, so dirty, so sinful. And then the Lord will make way for those beauties of the Lord. Then he will make way for that blessed Savior Jesus, who came to save sinners, and then that hearty desire to know him. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, and then they can no longer do without him. And then they pray, ask, whether they may behold the beauties of the Lord in his temple. Christ Jesus, the one sent from the Father, who was willing to come down to this world, not to call the righteousness but sinners to repentance. And then they pray, cry, 
and back to heaven. Our second thought, who came up like this this morning, one thing have I desired of the Lord, say it honestly, that will I seek, who were made seeking, that I may live here, oh, preferably and all day long in the church, and may listen to those beauties of the Lord, and may investigate that, for apart from him there is no life. Oh, and who knows that praying life of David? From verse 7 he begins to pray. Hear, O Lord, my voice when I call, and have mercy on me and answer me. You see, congregation, he shoots with a raised voice. Do you hear him pray? Do you see him lying there in your mind? There he lies on his knees in the dust. O Lord, hear. I know that with me there is nothing to find and nothing to expect. And Lord, I feel the greatness of my weakness. And sins hover before my eyes. But Lord, I also know that my life is all about nothing but you. Lord, the only thing I can do is pray, and I have nothing, and I can do nothing, and I know nothing. And who can pass me by? But Lord, still look upon me in favor and in mercy. And you know, Lord, I'm so afraid that you will turn that lovely face away from me. Yes, Lord, it is just if you never look at me again. But Lord, hear me. Lord, I'm so restless. It's so dry. It's so dead. But I can't go on like this. Do you look upon me in thy son? Do you hear, congregation, that fire in his prayer? That persistent, that penetrating prayer? He can't do without that one name. He never ceases to raise his heart and eye upwards. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Have mercy on me, so he says in verse 7. Yes, we all need that, brethren, grace. You need grace, boys and girls, fathers and mothers. That's what you need. Singles, that's what you need. We all need grace. Do you know what grace is? David is praying for mercy here. He prays for forgiveness of guilt, for he is in debt to his creator, in debt to God. And every day he is guilty again, and the debt becomes a sky-high debt. Lord, would you grant me mercy? Yes, 
Grace is pardon. Where the death sentence has been pronounced, death is deserved. But where one is acquitted of guilt and on punishment, and that's why, brethren, we can say and must say that the true faith is only born when the guilt is also felt and emphasized. And when that happens, when your sins float before your eyes and your guilt is emphasized, then you don't go so quietly in this world. No congregation, then his word and his service will, will be worth everything. Then they want teaching, teaching and teaching. And then they want nothing more than like a John and Andrew of John 1, to sit all the day at the feet of the Savior, to receive instruction, to drink those words of God, then they grave that heavenly teaching. And do you know, brethren, when such a poor lost soul is praying and crying like that, and he may hear of that name, of that light of lights, of him who is the power of God unto salvation, who has come. And when one may look away from self at him, from whom everything that is needed can now be obtained. Oh, that soul immensely great. He, the life. He, the light. With him is light in the darkness. With him is strength uh, to uh, be had in the weakness of the flesh. Then they may sing, or perhaps whisper, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? If only I have him. He is the strength of my life. Then of whom should I fear? Then everything is right? Lord, would you grant it? Oh, he is the power that sustains and preserves them, says marginal note too in our Dutch Bible. Are they any such warriors? Do you know what those warriors want? Those troubles don't want anything else than to be able to behold the beauties of the Lord in his beloved Son, Jesus Christ the Lord. Yes, I seek your face, O Lord. The poet says in verse 8, I seek your face. Those children of God know that God's face is angry with sin, that his eyes are full of flame, are fire because of sin a consuming fire and an everlasting blaze with whom no man can dwell. And they know that he cannot have fellowship with the least of sin. But Lord, have mercy on me, that your angry countenance for sin might be turned into that sweet countenance in thy Son, Jesus Christ the Lord, in whom Thy eyes become eyes full of love and full of mercy. 
Oh, that I might behold that sweet, kind face of Christ. Perhaps it is your prayer today. Deliver us, Lord. Show us the sweet light of thy comforting countenance. Well, someone might say this morning, but is that possible? Can the Lord then change that angry countenance against sin into the sweet countenance in Christ upon me? Well, I have always been preoccupied with the lust of my own flesh. Would that work for me? Yes, brethren, that is gospel. That is possible for the greatest of sinners. That can be done for you and for all of you, boys, girls. That's possible for everyone in this world. You can do that if you listen in at home. You can even fall. You are tough and old and death beckons. However you are, for the Lord is love in sending his Son, Jesus Christ, to the Lord. Oh, his bowels rumble, as it were, and he looks forward to a sinner to be converted to him. The angels in heaven will shoot over one sinner who repents. He wants to give grace freely out of love to his father, out of eternal love to his bridal church. And he bought them with his precious blood. He gets them as a reward for his blessed mediator's labor. Do you know about it? Not really? Do you have to say this morning, yes, I do feel it is necessary, but I don't know it. That's not my desire. I have a desire to go on vacation soon. It is, of course, allowed a period of rest. But David's desire? No. If so, do bend your knees. Won't you then cry out to heaven, Lord, would you make me such a searching soul? Would you now also grant that one desire in my heart? Oh, then ask for the discovering light of God's Spirit, or that the Lord would take away that evil desire and work that one desire of David in your heart. Because you know that service of the Lord really is a service of love that has never hurt, never. And he is so worthy, so worthy to be honored and to be feared. Just ask God's children. You know, boys and girls, really, you will never, ever regret it. Then you are the happiest person in this world. And do you see it, brethren? Have you seen it in those first six verses of Psalm 27? Then there is that confession, and from verse 7, that fervent prayer to heaven. Well, that's the life of God's people. That's what God's children do throughout life. 
and then they sit on the pinnacles of faith. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Before whom shall I be afraid? And when they are left to themselves again, they must pray again. Lord, be merciful to me. Have mercy on me, Lord. Yeah, I seek thy face, O Lord. But would you give that sweet face once more, that comforting face in Christ, actually just like what it says in Psalm 180, I am yours, but Lord, save me, a confession and a prayer. And you know, congregation, they do so more and more because they discover more and more sin in that corrupt heart and then sometimes have to say, Lord, is that still living in my heart? That sinful and wretched extensions that lives there at the, bo- at the bottom of my heart? Lord, how is it then? Then they complain about themselves and pray more and more and ask more and more and have to live in the dependence more and more. He must increase. I must increase. This is a desire for God in Christ that grows stronger and stronger so that they can do less and less without him, who is the life. And so they become more and more sinners before God. The Lord has no converted people left. Did you think so? No, brethren. God's children are poor, lost sinners in themselves. And they go through life praying and and sighing. They aren't lucky with themselves. They must say, Lord, what an exceedingly great wonder that you shouldest look upon me, the chief of sinners. Or would you light up that lovely face in Christ once more? What a miracle if it may happen. And if he makes himself known once more and reveals himself again through his word and spirit. The Lord does it through his word. Then he speaks that word into the heart through his spirit. In this way, they may once more behold him with an eye of faith. That fairest of all the sons of men and see him leaping upon the mountains and skipping upon the hills, in whose lips grace is poured out. Yen, then there will be that confession again. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Though an army besieges me, my heart would not fear. Though A war rose up against me. I trust in this. And then no sorrow will ever erase it from their memory. And in that way, he may grow, and then they must decrease. And brother, so they can exult with joy of soul, 
when that faith is in exercise, and then they may well sing, He hath remembered his mercy and never offended his faithfulness to Israel. He has drawn me away from all earthly noise and made me to hear his healing voice. Yes, to dwell in his house. Congregation, if there are those complainers this morning, those warriors, those seekers, who must say, should you do? If you can't find rest in yourself this morning, what if you cannot find rest in all the just of life below, and if you cannot find rest in seeking, and yet there is the longing, and I keep waiting on the Lord, my soul's waits undisturbed, and in all my complaints I hope in his unfailing word, and then nowhere to reach, no hands to grab, and no feet to walk. Behold, if I go forward, then he is not there, or backward, then I hear him not. Lord, who am I? Do you know what you have to do then? Hear what those warriors say. Just read verse 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Or what then would become of me if I may never know behold that sweet face of God in Christ my life, then I would never the possible anymore. Without that true saving faith, I would perish. Well, and so they go through life sighing, crying, praying, begging. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek. And, O Lord, hear my voice when I call and be gracious to, be, to, to me and answer me. And if there are such worries this morning, do you know what the Lord says? Then says the Lord, verse 14, Wait on the Lord, be a good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Then the Lord will make a promise. You great it is when that promise, wrought by God's word and spirit, is also implanted in the hearts this morning, and the Lord speaks personally to such a poor soul. We are going to look at that in our third thought. A true seeker, three thoughts, his confession in the second thought, his praying, and now in the third thought is expectation. Sometimes they may cry out, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? And they may confess, And there is but one thing I desire, and that I will seek. For they were made ceasing, searching, May I be in God's house all the days of my life. There is a desire to behold that loveliness of Christ. 
when they are not worthy. They examine that in his house, in his temple. At the same time that keep praying and feel their unworthiness and dependence. Lord, hear my voice when I call. Have mercy on me, O God, and answer me. And then the Lord says, Wait on the Lord, be strong, and he will strengthen your heart. That's a promise, church, from the Lord himself for poor troublemakers who are no foreigner to this. They may know that is my desire. That is what I am looking for. He alone is life, and outside him there is no life but eternal soul destruction. Wait on the Lord, be strong. Then just wait for him. Wait for his time. Wait for the time of his good pleasure. Margin 32 of the Dutch Bible says, He will do it in his own time, because you are far too weak for this, and often feel it in yourself, so have good courage. The Lord will provide you with strength that you may wait for him with patient and steadfastness. This is expecting him. That's different from waiting for him, isn't it? The children also know that this morning waiting and expecting are two completely different things. If you sit in your chair and wait with your arms folded, you can wait for something to happen, right? But that's not what is meant here. No, expect that is looking forward to. To expect is to be busy with the promises of God, to dig into the word, to pray. Oh, that thou wouldst give me the help of thy spirit. Do you know, brethren, if we had to summarize this psalm, perhaps we could say, Lord, I believe, I believe, help thou my unbelief. A confession of faith and a fervent prayer that are inextricably linked. Then David says in this psalm, I know what it is when faith is in exercise. I may know what it is if I may behold that sweet face of God in Christ. If I may have seen, behold him who is life. I also know what is not to be able to believe. And that's why, Lord, I need you every, every time. For, Lord, I cannot keep hold on it, and I am not committed to myself. And without you, without you, Lord, it will be nothing. But my hope and my expectation is in you. Do you see that the lamentation and the jubilation are so very close together. God's children must complain much about themselves. 
Sometimes it is so dark, so pitch dark, and so barren and so dead through your own fault. But if faith may be exercised again, and they may believe again, and he cometh with his spirit to work, and they may once more behold that most beautiful of all the seasons of men with that bestowed eye of faith, they may well exult with joy of soul. Lord, why was it aimed at me? Oh, if I had not believed that I should see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I would have perished. In other words, brethren, then they must sometimes say, Lord, if I did not have that faith, I must not think about it, how terrible would it be? Then it would be lost forever. Then I would have perished. Oh, if I ever got to behold that sweet face of Christ, and therefore, brethren, all God's children know to desire to be with him. Now it's true. The desire is not always strong, but it does live in the heart, worked by God's Spirit. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I will seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Oh dear, how could it be otherwise? How would it be without the Lord in your life? Without the Savior, Christ Jesus, in one God would show his lovely face? Then it's impossible. Oh, then everything is so poor. Then you are to come out ashamed. And that's why it's so necessary. For without that lovely countenance, you cannot appear before God. Have you nothing of the faith of David? Then you will have to perish. And therefore, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Oh, seek the Lord now, and live. Seek his face. Yeah, seek thy face, O Lord, and then there is real life. Then there is expectation. Then there is life. After life, there shall be eternal life. O call on him while he is near. And those who seek me early will find me. And search as much as you can and shoot as loud as you can, that searching and that calling that will teach you that you cannot and will never able to take yourself there. But then that spirit will take a person to church, which we naturally do not want to seek, but that only desire can be wrought by God's spirit. One thing I have desired. Congregation, if you miss that desire of David, you will not seek it either. Then there is no mercy for the sky-high depth. Then the face of God is an angry face, 
and a pleasant one, and not a pleasant one. You know, congregation, if we are foreigners to this and remain foreigners to it, then we will soon have the perish forever. Then we shall perish in outer darkness, in that place where is weeping and gnashing of teeth. What we are looking for this morning is that there may be such poor seekers, those true seekers who may not even consider themselves a seeker. One thing I have desired. Oh, I hear of those people who have such a very intense sorrow about sin, then have learned to have so many wrong desires in their lives, never coveted the Lord, only opposed him. But they have been made searching by God's Spirit. And you know, congregation, if they are here now, and if that looking has been born, then listen again to verse 14. Wait of the Lord, be a good courage, and it shall strengthen your heart. Oh, then say the Lord, one thing, Lord, I have desired of thee, that I may behold and examine thy beauties in thy temple. Oh, then cry to heaven, give me Jesus, Lord, or I die. Because apart from him, then it is not possible and it never will be. Then I will perish. Oh, then say with verse 8, I seek your face, O Lord. O show thy lovely countenance. O Lord, don't do it for my name's sake, but do it for your great name's sake. So that is his name may be glorified. Maybe there are some in our midst who know something of such a desire, but who never, who have never seen him in their lives, the most beautiful of all human children, who say, One thing I have asked of the Lord, I will seek it, and they can't deny that who must confess their sins, who pray with verse 7, O Lord, have mercy on me, but who still do not know him who is live. If that is your life, then keep looking for him. Hold on, then take courage. Our heart will live merrily and at God's time according to his good pleasure, for in him and in him alone is the fullness, and that you might desire power with a capital letter, and that light with a capital letter may Christ Jesus appear in the dark, and whatever they should ask for in prayer, believing that shall, shall receive. Wait on the Lord, be strong, and he will strengthen your heart. Amen.